Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Apple Guide Talks podcast, where we cover a wide range of tech and simplify it for the average consumer. I'm your host, Ralph Shepard, with my co-host, Eli Piper. What's up? That's not what I was looking for, but it'll work. <laughs> Join us today as we discuss Linus from Linus Tech Tips, getting a Mac Mini. That's an old story, but uh, still has a lot to it. Um, we move on to the iPhone 12 and question, how strong are the magnets? And then lastly, we ask the question, are theaters dead? And then stay tuned till the end for a sneak peek into this week's Apple Guide post. So let's hop into the big stuff, the stuff from a couple weeks ago. Um, whether it matters anymore is a different story, but it's still um, so Linus from LTT or Linus Tech Tips got a Mac Mini. He posted this on his Twitter page. Um, so if you're not familiar with this, just to catch you up, back in June, I think it was, at Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple announced that they were going to switch their Macs over to making their own silicon or their own or start using their own processors in their Macs. Um, so think the processors like the brain of the computer. So in Apple's lineup, their Macs is their last product that doesn't use their own in-house processor. You look at their iPhones, their iPads, even their AirPods and uh, some of their Beats, they all use some form of Apple Silicon. So now those in-house chips are coming to the Mac. They're slated for a release sometime in November, um, but to prepare developers who are going to be writing apps for these new machines, Apple sent out a developer's transition kit. So these Mac minis that they shipped out are powered by the same chip that's in the 2020 iPad Pro. That would be that would be the A12 Bionic chip. That's the one it's, that's going to run um, iOS apps on Mac, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's one of the benefits of having a the same processor that's in your iPhone, in your Mac, is now it's easier for developers to bring their iOS apps to the Mac. Um, that's one thing that's, I think, been lacking a lot, especially in the Mac App Store. For sure. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. So the story with this is so an NDA was released for people who got these Mac mini saying, you know, you can't benchmark it or you can't do any testing. It's strictly given to developers who pay what 500 some dollars for it strictly for testing their applications, not testing the system. And apparently Apple's been very strict on this because they reached out to Linus after he tweeted a picture um uh so i love i love did, we gotta we gotta read linus's tweets because his tweets are hilarious on this oh yeah oh he yeah goes, so there's a picture of the mac mini and he goes developers not included and then he goes for those wondering we cannot break an nda that we didn't sign so someone a developer sent linus this mac mini so he said expect benchmark teardowns etc and then he goes you'll never guess he finally reached out after all those years of pretending we don't exist if you don't see any follow-ups, they either sent the lawyers or the death squad. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny because Apple never sends them anything. No, it's like Linus Tech Tips doesn't exist to them because they're yeah. a very pro-Windows organization. Mm -hmm. Well, well, not, not only that, 
they tend to really the hate on the Mac into products where yeah. Apple's probably not in favor of that. Yes, necessarily. But um, yeah, so that that whole thing happened, um, which is to be expected. But uh, but I think it's I think the real statement and what you'll see a lot is these Mac Minis that are shipping. I don't think that they're really a statement of what to expect in the coming weeks when something concrete is announced. Because um, we don't, they probably just threw this iPad chip in there just to get developers up and rolling. So when they actually come out with the big guns in a couple weeks, it's it's a whole new product line. Now, whether they just take those iPad chips and tweak them a little bit, rename them, um, give them their own kind of, their own product line in themselves for the desktop where you have more battery life, you want more power, and if things get too hot, you can put a fan on them to cool them down, unlike the iPad and the iPhone where you want to try to keep everything passively. You're going to be able to get more power out of uh, mm -hmm. a chip. So people have actually been benchmarking these chips and leaking them out. This is an Ars Technica. So the Apple Silicon-based developers kits average an 811 for single-threaded Geekbench and a 2781 for multi-threaded, 20% slower than the entry-level i3-powered MacBook Air's results, but it's 38% faster than its multi-threaded results. So higher-end Macs are producing higher numbers, but that's still pretty impressive, especially considering that these aren't running natively in ARM mode. So these yeah. will provides an indication on how legacy apps are going to run on these. Yeah. Apps. So so that's another thing to bring up is Geekbench, the the testing application used in this case, hasn't been upgraded to or updated to support Apple's new upcoming computers. So Apple has two technologies to make sure that old apps are still supported and new apps are still supported on old machines. So. Rosetta 2 is going to be used to bring your old Intel-based applications over to the new Apple Silicon-based computers, while Universal 2 will allow applications to work on both Apple Silicon and Intel. Um, but one thing to keep in mind during this transition period over what Apple says the next two years, which is possible with them, um, something to keep in mind is that Rosetta and Universal are temporary uh, transition softwares that work in the background, but they're still temporary. Just like all of Apple's transitions in the past from uh, PowerPC to Intel and dropping support for 32-bit applications and then later for kernel extensions, um, those older apps, if they don't update to support the latest Macs and the latest versions of Mac OS, they will eventually stop working. Um, so if you have any apps that haven't been supported in a couple years or yeah. the developers have dropped out, um, it may be time to start looking into an alternative because you never know how long you're going to be able to use that app and you don't want to be left in the dust one day and realize you have to upgrade your Mac and suddenly all your apps on your old computer are no longer supported. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Although a lot of the big developers will make sure that their apps are supported. So I think the 
the people that are going to be negatively affected by this is going to be very few. Seems to be very few people using very niche apps out there. Mm -hmm. So, like, you already have Microsoft who have committed themselves to updating their apps. Of yeah, course, Adobe, I'm sure, is going to mm -hmm. update their apps. You're going to see all the big, all the major players are going to update their apps. Even some of the minor players, the ones that I think are going to have trouble, the smaller app developers, apps that were maybe produced a few years ago and now the company's been dissolved. Those yes. are the ones that I think you're going to have issues with. So, yeah. Um, so, if you have any more questions or anything like that about Apple Silicon, um, I have written a post on this already. Uh, let me see the title. Uh, what is The title is, What is Apple Silicon? An Elementary Guide to Apple Silicon. So, in that, I go deep into depth of what to expect, what you need to do to prepare, um, and the pros and the cons of switching and um, just really detailing it in an elementary way and not so advanced. But yeah, so that's that. Be prepared. Apple Silicon is coming in the coming weeks. Um, exciting stuff. Oh, it's very exciting. It's so I mean, look, exciting. Uh, I guess we could slide this into our next topic about the <laughs> iPhone 12. Um, MagSafe. Look, look at the iPhone 12 now. The iPhone 12 can shoot 4K, 60 FPS, encoded in 10-bit Dolby Vision HDR. Now, that may sound like a bunch of marketing mumbo-jumbo. And for most people... For the most part, it is. They don't need any of that. Most people don't even have a TV that can play that back. My 2017 spec'd out MacBook Pro can barely play that video back. Um, 4K, I don't even think, is enabled by default on the phones anyways, so... Well, it it probably take up too much space. It, it takes was. up a lot of. It tells you actually in settings how much it'll take up. Oh, good. That's a benefit because if I remember correctly, it tells you how much it'll take up. I'll bring yeah. that up here. But but that's definitely that Dolby Vision 4K is definitely a pro feature. Most people may or may not notice a difference. Yeah. So Especially, it says one thing I will keep in mind though, just to throw out the this really quickly. Um, going back to the 4K HDR stuff. Your iPhone may be the only device that can even play that back because yeah. it's this high quality. Dolby Vision is proprietary too, I think, to certain things. So, yeah, it says on so for the iPhone 11 Pro, it's 135 megabytes for one minute of video with 4K at 24 FPS, 170 megabytes per minute, 4K at 30 FPS and 400 megabytes per minute, 4K at 60 FPS. So I would imagine throwing Dolby Vision in there is only going to make those numbers higher. Yeah. And so. and for most people, they don't need it. Exactly. <laughs> I would say the majority of people wouldn't tell the difference. Between, I mean, currently, right now, since you don't have any other device to play it off of, I would say you won't notice the difference. Shooting 1080p for now, and in the future, down the line, Consider playing with 4K and the, see what happens. The screen is relatively small, too. 4K looks, in my opinion, the best on a giant TV blown up where you can see everything in big detail, not on a small little phone screen. Even the 12 Pro Max screen, I think, is going to be too small to really grasp um, the magnificence of 4K. Oh, with, without a doubt. Without a doubt. 4K does not belong on mobile no. Uh, smartphone devices. Not at the all. screen is just way too small to really pick out the pixels. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't make sense. But 
the next big feature, ignoring the the <laughs> cameras, which are cool, but they're only a little spec bump every year. So it's not that big of a deal. Four not that big of a deal. No. But what is new is MagSafe. Apple yeah. is returning <laughs> to the MagSafe name, and this time instead of in the MacBooks, it's in the iPhones. Yeah. And there's been some issues with it. Um, oh, yeah. Some things that I think Apple, in my opinion, I think they hyped it up and everyone said, wow, this is a great thing. But I think they under-delivered on it um, in a few things. We'll go first with the strength of the magnet. When I saw it, I don't know about you, Ralph, but when I saw it, I was hoping the magnet would be super strong. Like you see those car mounts where you stick the magnet on the back of your phone, you can magnetize, and those things are pretty strong. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of effort to pull them off. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. it would be that strong, but looking at videos, um, getting some mixed reviews here. MKBHD for one, um, he just flicked the charger a little bit and it fell right off. So yeah. you had him and the wallet, he put the wallet in his pocket and the wallet just came right off. Mm-hmm. But you had some other people, um, Jonathan Morris and Who Austin Evans. put it on a steel plate and waved exactly. a steel plate around in the iPhone or waved it upside down mm-hmm. and it still just stuck on. Exactly. And Austin Evans, who was dangling it from the MagSafe charger. So it's, there, you know, how strong reports. is this magnet here? You know, it's and I think for it to be really useful, it needs to be strong. I'd love to be able to just throw my phone on a magnet mount in my car and not have to worry about anything. But based on these reviews, these early reviews, it looks like that's not going to be possible. It looks like you're going to hit a bump and it's going to go flying off. Now, can that be fixed by car phone mount makers? increasing the strength of their magnets i don't know i'm not a magnet scientist but i think that remains to be seen that that is a question because think for the little um 40 that you have to pay extra for magsafe puck charger exactly how strong really do you need those magnets yeah so do they put um less stronger that's probably the wrong way to put that but the least stronger magnets in something like their MagSafe puck. And then they put uh, stronger magnets in something like their car adapter, even something that I've been excited and constantly looking for since the announcement is a tripod mount. Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing. If I get that one of these super wells, nice. snap it on and it just hits oh, yeah. in place perfectly. I mean, that, that's Especially a no-brainer. Especially if you can get one that can charge, too. So imagine you have your phone <laughs> on a tripod. You plug the charger into the tripod. Then you can rotate your phone a full 360 degrees and not have to worry about getting tangled up with wires or anything because the mm-hmm. wire is going to be in the tripod. That would be really not, great. Not to mention, if you're recording 4K HDR 10-bit Dolby Vision, oh, that's going to drink the battery. battery. You're going to need that. Uh, that. That would be a huge huge thing in convenience tripod even gimbals maybe they're going to come out with some gimbals that have batteries in them that you just when the phone's in the gimbal it's charging off the battery that's also in the gimbal as like a mobile battery pack or whatever yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see what third-party people um do with this phone uh do with the magsafe attachment and a good example of this, I don't know if you saw this, Eli, is Peak Design. 
They're a phone case manufacturer. Um, uh, so they, they have a new case coming out. Um, it apparently works with their, um, there it is. This one right um, here? Yeah, that's it. So they're doing a Kickstarter program for this because that's how they fund new products and new designs. So this is either a case or you could get it to a tape, um, tape it onto your back of your phone or whatever. Um, and and it has stuff like a locking mechanism and and it it's its own adapter in addition to working with Apple's MagSafe. Um, See, this technology. is really cool. And this looks like, and we'll link this. This Here, scroll, is what scroll up I was this, scroll up again. Scroll up again. This is what you I was hoping MagSafe would be. Scroll down some. Go to the bike mount. There you go. See, yeah. and and you were worried about the strength of MagSafe on its own, but yeah. see here you have a developer working through a case using MagSafe through a case and with a built-in locking mechanism like that. And this um, is I, I, I think, think that has huge potential. I think so too, and I think this is what I wished MagSafe would be to begin with. This has a magnet embedded in the case, and I think. Well, this so is do, kind so of the hope that Apple's I had for MagSafe that Apple, I think, kind of under-delivered on. It looks like it also has a snapping thing where it kind of snaps in, or it can snap in for hard locking. Yeah, so so you have different locking mechanisms. and Yeah, so it can either snap into the case for a more secure thing if you're doing something extreme. Probably mm -hmm. like biking, you'd want it to snap in because you're going to go over bumps. You don't want your phone to fall off while you're biking. Maybe in the car, depending on how strong the magnet is, you can just use the magnet and it might be fine. Yeah. On how harsh your car suspension is. And and I think Literally. one other thing this thing has is even attachments to use. Like if you have a GoPro, which all use like standard mounts, I mm. believe that they have a GoPro attachment. So you can use your GoPro accessories. So this is. Um, with this case so this is almost what it's like it's like gopro's ecosystem gopro has their ecosystem of mounts and that's almost what this is like except for the iphone it's like gopro's system of mounts yeah yeah and i think this is what i was hoping magsafe would be like something super secure something you can attach your phone to and not worry about it going anywhere but but i i think that there's there's really there's nothing different between this and magsafe the only so this, small well, this difference does is better. that locking mechanism yeah and the question this, is how does Apple, the company who makes completely flat and wants to remove every port and eventually just remove the iPhone in general, They'll never put a locking mechanism. how do they integrate a locking mechanism into the back of an iPhone like that? I don't think I they mean, ever will, but I think, I no. think one step along the way to do that um, would be to strengthen the magnet. I think you can put a stronger magnet along those lines I don't know if they can do that with the issues they've been having with their MagSafe cases, which we'll get into right now. So Apple, in a uh, warning to everyone, at the bottom of their how to use their MagSafe document on their website, they have three little bullet points right here. The first bullet point says, do not place credit card security badges, passports, or key fobs between your iPhone and MagSafe charger because this might damage magnetic strips or RFID chips within those. If you have a case that holds any of these sensitive items, remove them before charging or make sure that they aren't between the back of your device and the charger. I don't know if you can spot the issue here, Ralph, but I spot it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so, a huge red flag. It's a huge issue when Apple creates a magnetic wallet to be able to attach onto the back 
of the MagSafe phone. That's but 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 at the same time, I see this as, hey, this is a warning. Um, if you put your credit card too close to your phone, you know, it may wipe the numbers off of it and everything. Or you can just use Apple Pay and That's your credit true. card is integrated in your phone and MagSafe can't erase that. True, but <laughs> Apple, Pay, Apple Pay does not have the same capabilities of a to use um, hotel ID cards and stuff. You know? Not yet, at least. I see that coming in the future. But... Oh, that would be really cool. If you could have, like, you got a security card for your office building or for your hotel yeah. and you can upload it straight to your phone, I would well, love Well, I know that. Marriott's doing that. Is I've Marriott done that a couple that? times with Marriott. I've yeah, been, you load up the card on your phone, that, you tap your phone on the doorknob, and you're in. I've been waiting for a universal way to do that where you could just take any RFID thing if key fob to go into an apartment building and you could put that on your phone, but I don't know how they would do that securely. They got to make sure you're the actual owner of that key fob before you, uh, well, NEF, yeah. NEF and an and, app. Yeah, true. Yeah. So just I mean, like Apple pay, just integrated yeah. on every door you walk past. Yeah, I know. That's true. Um, that would be really cool. I've been waiting for Apple or phone manufacturers to do that forever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Apple has a phone wallet that they're saying you can't put your credit cards in because it might wipe them. So I believe that those are REF ID shielding or whatever that is. They might be. I'm going to look at that right now. Um, to they protect might against that. And one of the things that that message did say is, there it is, it's leather. I don't like how their clear cases have that circle and that the outline of the map. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, I know there's no way to get around it, but I think that's kind of ruined clear cases for me. I don't know. Maybe they could color match them to the phone. That would be nice. So here's the leather wallet, $60. In my opinion, so overpriced. Or $5 a month. <laughs> you can finance, finance a wallet. I don't know if that's financially sound decision, but you can finance your wallet if you would like. Yeah, you can finance your leather uh, wallet case for $5 a month over the course of 12 months if you're yeah, into that. You'll be underwater on it in the first payment. <laughs> <laughs> you'll already be underwater on your payments. Um, I'm not seeing anything here that says it's RFID blocking. So I, I don't know. I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that says RFID shielding. I can't imagine. I'm not seeing it. I don't think I don't think it is. I don't think it's RFID blocking. And even if it was, it still wouldn't stop the magnet from going through. It just blocks RFID signals. It doesn't block the magnet. It's only blocking the RFID signals from going through. The magnet would still be able to go through and wipe your card. Because uh-huh. my wallet is RFID blocking. Yeah. And I've had multiple times at hotels, I've had credit cards wiped. Be- not credit cards. I've had room keys wiped because my wallet has a magnet in it for the money clip it's a pretty strong magnet and i've had multiple times where i've had to go to the the front desk and ask for a new room key because it's been wiped for my wallet so i know that it can still just because your wallet's rfid blocking it can still wipe it with a magnet uh this is from a matchable article according to apple's site the leather water uh the leather wallet is shielded so it's safe for credit cards Okay, so, so, have, so it is protected. So it is protected. We have Apple kind of contradicting themselves, though. 
I, I would imagine they would have wanted now. to put that on their product page of the wallet. It's between, yeah. So I guess the Apple wallet is safe, but don't place your phone in the same pocket as your regular wallet because then it might wipe your credit cards and stuff. I think that's the consensus on that one. Yeah. Someone's going to end up making that mistake. Oh, yeah. So many people. <laughs> <laughs> so another second bullet point town says, as with other wireless chargers, your MagSafe charger might get slightly warmer while your phone charges. To but extend I... the lifespan of your battery, if the battery gets too warm, software might limit charging above 80%. No, that's normal with wireless chargers. That, yeah, that's nothing All new. wireless chargers generate heat. My wireless charger generates heat. I have an 11 Pro. It's no big deal. It's yeah. the same thing when you plug it. I would say it generates as much heat, if not maybe a slightly bit more, than if you just plug it into a lightning charger one of the fast chargers yeah using one of the fast chargers it's not noticeable at all it's kind of negligible what is interesting though however is that leather cases are getting circular imprints and the silicone cases too are also getting circular imprints into them just a few days after use with magsafe so people are wondering what is that going to do the glass backs of the iphone 12 models over time and you can see the silicone marks are in the shape of the MagSafe, so you get the circle. And it's almost as if the case is dirty, but it's not. It's like a, a little slight imprint in there, and you can see the circle. So that's that's not really good, and you kind of wonder what's going on there. You know, Is it the heat forming the leather and the silicone? Is it the magnet getting pulled through the case? What's going on there? And, how can Apple fix that? Because honestly, you're going to spend all that money on a case, and a few days later, you're going to have a ugly-looking ring on it. That's no way to do it. The case itself is what fifty dollars. Yeah, I think it's fifty or sixty bucks, probably even more. And again, how many, how often do you see someone walking around with an iPhone case from Apple? I've never seen <laughs> it. I've very rarely seen it. That's the ultimate flex is when you get Apple's <laughs> iPhone case. <laughs> There's so many better, do yourself a favor, there's so many better leather cases out there for, if you want to get a leather case, spend the same amount of money, and you can get one 10 times better than Apple's, guaranteed. Yeah, or you can wait till, I think it's like, what, May till the, that Peak Design case comes out? Yeah, get so, that one. That's probably yeah. the one that I would get. Yeah, gives oh, you yeah. a lot of options. Oh, um, 100%. Anything else about the iPhone 12? MagSafe is interesting. MagSafe. Um, I, I think it's too early to say for sure or not whether it the magnets are good or bad. Developers, I don't think I think we need to wait judgment until developers have their chance yes. to give it some sort of power other than just wirelessly charging your phone. I think uh, so too. And I think 100% it is a huge advantage with the wireless charging that you can place your phone down and it snaps into place because I've had issues. I placed my phone down once, thought it was charging, woke up the next morning, it was completely dead. Yeah. So now I always make sure I feel the vibration or I see it charged and I know exactly where to place it. But MagSafe would be cool to just throw it down there and have it snap into place. Yeah. And you know it's charging at what? 15 watts? Watts. compared to the 20 uh no 20 watt charger but i think it's only 
15. That's the only 15 watts, but you can do 20. It charges really fast. fast. It, it, it charges faster than if you were to use just a traditional wireless exactly. charger. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so but I think MagSafe, if MagSafe long-term right now, of course, we're going to see our issues with it. Yeah. Um, but I think long-term, I think that this is app because we've seen rumors for years that Apple's going to go to a portless phone. Because, I mean, think what... Eli, when was the last time you plugged in your iPhone other than to charge it? Um, yeah, not often. No, it, I don't plug it in much. <laughs> unless you everything's wireless. Reason, yeah, everything's wireless. Unless you still have wired headphones, okay. You, I you, use you wired. Slide on that. Yeah, but, but plug it into my computer. I've never plugged it into iTunes. The only time I plugged yeah. it into iTunes was when I was updating to a beta and I wanted to make sure I had a physical backup mm -hmm. on iTunes, but that's not something the average person is going to do. No, and, and everything's saved in the cloud. You can exactly. update or yeah. you can back up your phone to the cloud. What do you, what do you need exactly. to plug we, your phone into a computer for? Exactly. Um, so, so, we'll see. Portless iPhone? We'll MagSafe see. only? Is that where we're going? We'll see. I think Apple needs to improve MagSafe a lot mm -hmm. if they want to go... Um, um, completely portless. I think that magnet needs to improve. I, I think you know fix their case yeah, issues. I think yeah. there's there's a lot of kinks to still work out. Mm -hmm. There's a I lot of know. things to figure out. What what is MagSafe going to do other than wirelessly charge your phone? Exactly. I don't know. Is if the it going to have the a feature that will take it to the next level? And I don't know if the iPhone 13 will be portless. I want to say maybe definitely the iPhone 14 will be portless. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. This is obviously Apple moving in that direction. 100 um, They're kind but, of testing the waters, I think. Um, but just, so, iPhone 12 is out, kind of. You have to wait a little bit longer for the smaller iPhone 12 mini and for the massive I, uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, but that brings us to seven iPhones for sale from Apple. You remember the date? I was thinking about this today. I was writing a post today. Uh, uh, do you remember the days when an iPhone would come out and your only option for upgrading was the iPhone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you wanted an iPhone, you got the iPhone. Oh, yeah. That was it. Now you just had like, the iPhone. Now you have all these different options. You can get the 12. Am I going to get the 12 Pro? Am I going to get the 12 Pro Max? Am I going to get the 12 Mini? You got four different phones to choose from. And, and that's just within the iPhone 12. You also have, I think they're still selling the 11 too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what other ones they're they got, selling. They have the 11, the 10R, the SE. And and if you, they, so their price options. range starts from 399 all the way to over a thousand. They literally have an iPhone now for every price point, and yeah, they're they all have the fantastic 11, options. Yeah, I mean, you really can't go wrong with picking up any of these. I mean, the SE is great. I recommended the SE to someone the other day. Um, he was like, "Look, I have an Android phone. It's failing me. We're looking at getting iPhones, but we literally just need calling and texting." And I was like, mm -hmm. "Get the iPhone SE." That's what the like iPhone SE is. It's got everything you need, and he ended up getting a Note 10 because his carrier gave it to him for free. Mm -hmm. um, can't fault him on that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, for for honestly, most people, yeah. they can't tell the difference between the screen. They couldn't care less. 
the camera is the same camera, roughly the same camera that was on the flagship of the year before, the iPhone 11. Yep. Can't go wrong with that. It has the same power, the same brain and processor as the iPhone 11 of the previous year. I mean, what? (laughs) Only 400 bucks, too. For someone who wants calling, texting, and, you know, basic smartphone functionalities like Mm -hmm. GPS and web browsing, that's great. You know, and a basic camera, that's that's perfect for someone like that, you know? Dude, even the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 at the same bar as the new iPhone 12. Oh, yeah, 100%. The processor gains and the, the camera gains and the battery gains have been minimal. The, the big thing, 11 the big thing is, is the screen. Uh, yeah. The screen is different but, between the 11 and the 12. The 12 has the OLED screen. But but that goes back to my original statement. Will anybody know? I mean, look at the 10R. My mom has a 10R. It has a 720p screen. Would you ever guess that with as smooth yeah. as yeah. Apple makes everything? I mean, my sister's got the 10R, and... You wouldn't know. It's you, great. We have we have a whole assortment of phones. My dad has the seven. I have the eleven Pro. My mom's got a ten S, and my sister has a ten has an XR. Mm-hmm. So we get a whole assortment of phones. And I tell you, for each person, we all have different uses. You know, I'm such kind of a power user with my phone. My sister, all social media, calling, texting, and stuff. And my parents just doing work. My dad does the least, and he loves his seven. He says that. I'm not going to upgrade it until it dies. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's and, all he does is call and text. And and that's perfectly fine because you Perfect. can buy that, uh, what is it, 399 iPhone SE 2nd mm-hmm. Gen. That phone's going to last you oh, yeah. five, six, seven years maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you are someone who makes calls, texts, maybe surfs the web occasionally why spend any more i do it yeah no exactly it's it's the perfect value option i think for someone who's looking to just get into the apple ecosystem but they don't want anything fancy they don't care about specs or anything they just want something that's going to work and last them yeah um but but yeah that's the iphone that's the Uh, iphone or the um, iphones as all I the iphones say. many iphones we have a lot of them iPhone. um so next I, thing movie theaters i think this is ooh. a big thing it's a kind of controversial thing are they oh, yeah. dead will they survive after this pandemic or has streaming really changed things i, 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 wouldn't, your I, thoughts. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say just streaming I would say home media equipment. Home media in general, yeah. I just got done setting up a um, a brand new 50 or 60-some inch TLC um, 4K HDR Dolby Vision TV. It is stunning. I'm sure. Absolutely stunning. And, and in addition to that, for $200 or between... Yeah, for around $200 to $500, you can go pick up yourself a soundbar. You can create yourself a home theater in your house. Then you have streaming services like Disney Plus, where you can watch all their shows for $7.99. All their shows and movies can be watched in 4K. And they're starting now, and companies now, especially with COVID, are starting releasing things directly to their streaming services for Mm -hmm. a charge. Um, 
Universal did it with uh, their sequel, Trolls World War- World Tour. Mm-hmm. The sequel to Trolls. They released it for $19.99. You could rent it, I think, for 24 hours. Um, and you could watch it. Think of that. How much is a family of four going to spend on average going to the movie theater? They're going to spend on average probably 25 bucks a ticket. Not, not to mention concessions on your way in exactly so you're spending over a hundred dollars to go to a movie when you can pay 19.99 and as many cram into your living room can watch that movie and and i think for for a thousand dollars comfortably for a thousand dollars you can make your home theater i think that's a no-brainer you can make and you can go for that price. You can go either way. You can go TV or if you're more inclined, you like the theater experience, you got the space mm-hmm. for, you know, a thousand dollars. You can get a it'll work set up for a home theater projector screen and everything for about fifteen hundred. You can get an OK set up if you want to really do things. You can spend it. It's one of those things that you can constantly keep upgrade. I would personally would go the projector route because it's one of those things you can constantly keep upgrading. You can keep improving as you want to and you can spend you know as much money to make it as good as you want or as little money to make Honestly, it i i would go with the tv you yeah. mount the tv on the wall and you're done you don't have to worry about angling the projector or a project yeah. screen and the oh, hassle of having a whole bunch lighting a whole bunch of extra stuff yeah no and i mean that's that's i think what the majority of people will go for is just buying a nice big tv spending money on a tv and there you go, because in the long run, you're going to save all this money by not having to go to the theaters because you got it right in your home. You're already paying for the streaming services. Exactly. <laughs> you already have the I, movie catalog. You already have it. I think it's a perfect thing. And I think that's going to really hurt movie theaters. And I think they're going to have to really sell the experience. Now, there is I something mean, to okay, be said. And, and another there thing is something too- to be said for going to the theater, though. There yeah. is an experience there. Experience. The but experience. another thing, too, at home... You can pause the movie and go get snacks from your kitchen. Yeah, you can go to the bathroom. Got from the dollar store. Pause it and go to the bathroom. Pause it exactly. and discuss. Or you can I make don't know. dinner while watching. You can make dinner. <laughs> we would do this all the time. Make dinner. Go downstairs. Watch tea, watch uh, a movie while eating dinner yeah. or something. Go get ice cream and yeah, all these things you can't do in a movie theater. Pause but there's and something half and half. There's something to be said for I think the experience of going to a movie theater and that's something that you can't replace i remember going to see avengers endgame and we saw it opening night um and that was probably one of the best experiences i've ever had in a movie theater they were sitting there and as things are happening i think most people have seen it by now so i'm gonna spoil it but as you know in the end you get all the avengers on screen and captain america goes avengers assemble and everyone just the whole theater just erupted and everyone was cheering and it was like you're experiencing this for the first time with hundreds of other people too. And I think that was just something that was truly amazing and something that you'll never be able to get in your home. You know, you can get 20 of your closest friends, but it's still not the same energy of being in a theater with, you know, 250 other people. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that you can't replace. So it'll be interesting to see, how theaters adapt to this um maybe you'll only see big blockbuster hits i don't know it'll be interesting though so another thing too not only for the movie theaters to reconsider 
But if movie theaters do continue on this declining path, what will movie studios do who rely on those box office numbers to show how good their film is and how much money they made off of it, say, an opening night? What are exactly. they're going to have to find another way to generate numbers like that to make themselves seem like they yeah. had a lot of viewers and a lot of people want to go watch it. And how do you do that over a streaming service? Well, I if think anything? if I think if they're not opening, if they're not putting it in the theaters, then it's just going to be how many people rented it the night that it dropped on the streaming service. You know what I mean? It's going to say, all right, at Disney will say we're releasing this movie at midnight and you're going to see everyone clicking that refresh page in order to rent that movie and watch it at midnight. And then I think that's what it'll be. It'll say how many people rented this movie within the first 24 hours. But that still doesn't give you an accurate picture of how many people actually watched the movie. You know, my family pays $19.99 for a movie that technically that's one person who bought the movie. That's four people watching the movie. I think that's also where movie theater, where movie studios are going to suffer is I think they're going to have to up that price more because of the fact, I don't know. I don't think they can. I don't think people are going to be willing just to watch a movie. Release of Mulan was $30 in addition to paying your monthly subscription to Disney plus, which a lot of people didn't like that. I wonder if that's for the monthly subscription. Um, that's where that's going to subsidize at other costs. $30 to me is a fair price. For one person, I think that's a little steep. But as soon as you add a second person in there, mm-hmm. that's about what you're going to pay if you went to the theaters and you both bought a ticket. You could split the price. That's 15 bucks a piece. That's even cheaper than going to the theater, depending yeah. on where yeah. you live. So I think $30, I think even $40 is a fair price. I think anything higher than that, you're going to see people struggle to justify that. And I think movie theaters are also going to have an issue and movie studios are going to have an issue in that you're going to have these crowds of people that are going to be able to watch this movie for one price, whereas, you know, your family four is going to watch it for 30 bucks, whereas normally you'd be getting hundred dollars out of them over a hundred dollars by them each having to buy a ticket individually but i don't see movie studios doing it just from a uh a financial standpoint but i don't know i think it's going to be one or the other i don't think they'll do both though yeah it's going to be interesting to like because you see movies like um who was i I saw it listed here mgm and their latest james bond movie They Mm -hmm. held that back to, what, May of next year? Because they want that box office release. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, Marvel did it, too, with the Black Widow movie. That one's been delayed also. Really? Yeah. So I think that one's been delayed. So it'll be... Yeah, and and Black Widow has the power of Disney's Disney Plus streaming service that they wanted to to go. But I think they know. But they know, I think that they're going to make more money by releasing it in theaters rather than on the service. If they release it for $40, you know you're going to get people who are going to cram 25 people into a house mm-hmm. in order to watch that movie. Now imagine if each one of those 25 people was paying 25 bucks a ticket. Yeah. How much money that movie studio is making. Yeah, because so, they're, they're going to need to find another way to make millions and cover exactly. the cost of making these movies. So I think it's 
good for the consumer. I think for the movie studio, it's bad. And I don't see it lasting past COVID. I see it being a COVID solution or maybe a case-by-case solution. Maybe you'll see more minor releases being released onto streaming services for a small fee, and the major blockbusters will be released in theaters. I think that's what you'll start to see, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this market evolves. It'll be really interesting. And I think it is going to evolve, especially because I think at the rate we're going, most people aren't going to be sitting in a movie theater packed full until 2022. So I'm wondering what theaters are going to do, especially around here up north in the wintertime. You can't have outdoor showings. Some of them are setting up outdoor showings in their parking lots. Mm-hmm. And driving, but you can't you can't do that in the wintertime. No. So no, it's not practical up there. No, it's not. So it'll be interesting to see what uh it's gonna be interesting to see how the movie industry changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to adapt from this. One hundred percent. This one and a lot of industries, but the movie industry is going to have yeah. to really adapt to this and maybe there will be a demand and movie studios are going to be like, you know what, we're losing more money going into the theaters. It's going to be easier to take that hit. It's going to be less of a hit if we release directly to streaming services than if we go to the theaters because it costs them a lot of money to go to the theaters. And not only that, you have theaters um, being pressured into movie studios like what Disney did when one of the Star new Star Wars yeah. movies were released. Mm-hmm. They required theaters to play the movie for a certain amount of time. Yeah, or not also, play it at all. What you'll also see is movie studios saying, "All right, we'll give you Star Wars, but we also want you to show this movie too." Mm-hmm. So they're having to show a movie that no one really wants to see, in order for them to get the movie that everyone wants to see. So you're kind of factoring that in there. You're gonna, it's. It's going to be a battle, I think, between the movie studios and the movie theaters because the movie theaters, I don't think people realize this, but profit margins on movie theaters are extremely tight. Oh, yeah. They're extremely tight, which is why you see prices so high for concessions and tickets and stuff because these movie studios nickel and dime them for everything. Oh, without a doubt. It's insane because they have the power. Especially but, the big in, studios. In their defense, too, I mean, the movie theaters have to cover the cost of the movie you're going to go watch, in addition to at least partly funding their next. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a constant battle of where are both of these industries and these markets going to make money from? Exactly. And able think, to be able to survive. Exactly. And yeah, it'll be interesting if movie theaters shut down obviously the studios have no choice but to go to the streaming services mm-hmm. if studios say we're going to go to the streaming services and deal with the infrastructure we already have then movie theaters ultimately are going to have to shut down you know mm-hmm. there's going to be not enough demand for them to stay open well another thing i've seen too is movie theaters uh consolidating yeah I mean, the amc uh huge line of movie theaters throughout the u.s just purchased a couple years ago at least purchased one of my local um theater branches oh they're looking to go bankrupt too they're 4.9 billion dollars in debt yeah amcs 
Yeah, AMC's $4.9 billion in debt as of April 22nd and expected to declare bankruptcy. Yeah, so, and, and they're, they're probably the largest theater chain in the I U.S. Think, I think they are. They're everywhere. AMC is everywhere. They're not just local. Yeah, they're everywhere. And and then will, if that's the case, will that pressure movie studios to maybe relax a bit? Because they see their only way of releasing new content is mm-hmm. currently hanging on by a thread. The way where they're going to make the most money is hanging on by a thread, I think. Yeah, and that might force them to relax you know, how aggressive they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so aggressive that they're killing the people that are feeding the money. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I said, at the same time, maybe they take a, a less of a hit going directly to streaming services than by continuing in the theaters. And hey, you know? everybody's got shareholders to report to at the end of the day. Everyone's got shareholders <laughs> at the end of the day. Every- <laughs> Everybody's got to show a profit. <laughs> Everyone's going to show a profit. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that industry. Yeah. Um, that's a quickly changing industry right now, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I think that's everything that uh, we wanted to cover. Yeah. To give you a preview of what's coming this week, um, on Friday, you will be getting a post about how to take advantage of the dock on Mac OS. Uh, this is a, your quick access location. It's always there for you when you need to open an app and, you know, taking advantage of it can really speed up the way you use your computer and give your computer a more of a personality that reflects you, right? I love my doc. Um, I love it, Something too. I cherish. I hide mine, but I love it. <laughs> oh, I hide mine, too. But yeah. it's still something I cherish and I love to organize it to how it fits me best. Yeah, I got the spacers um, and stuff in there. I got everything. I love it. Yeah, it's so stay tuned for that. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. But anyways, yeah, that was episode one of the Apple Guide Talks podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Apple Guide Web. Follow Apple Guide Web on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Check out our website for more content and to get some more notes and some of the sources that we used for this podcast. You can find all that stuff on our website, appleguideweb.com. And I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next Monday, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you for listening.